Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers. The Detroit Lions have tied the Arizona Cardinals 27-27. Oh, boy. Um, On the podcast, the Blue Kool-Aid crew is reacting to the first game of the season where the Lions still remain undefeated. Um, We're talking Hawkinson. We're talking Kennard. Uh, maybe Decker, the third down call that wasn't, <laughs> um, and just just an overall reaction to the game. But we just want to let our listeners know: keep drinking that blue Kool Aid. Time for the pod. is drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast made by lifelong Lions fans, UJ. I've been really drinking a lot of Kool-Aid tonight. Special brand of Kool-Aid called Weller. Bob. It's hard to find the losses here. Stafford, <laughs> regular season MVP. Rudd Dog. We're going to just be that team that yeah. just can flow like water and adapt to any team. The new dynasty is born. And Connor. Got to be Stafford. Now with the two tight end sets that I'm so excited about, I see it all clicking. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. Forward down the field. One pride. Get your Kool-Aid. It's time for the pod. All right, blue Kool-Aid drinkers. It's September 9th. We've had a day to think about. Well, yeah, no, a whole day now to think about what we just witnessed. The Lions still remain undefeated. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, and one. <laughs> I think uh, all of our predictions are already shot, right? None of us predicted a tie. No. That is true. Mm. No. Uh, but, hey, don't don't knock down our predictions, man. <laughs> they're, they're top of the line. Top of the line. All that means is we'll have one less loss in our predictions, right? True. Yeah. <laughs> but we got, we got Bob, we got UJ, we got Connor and Rudd Dog here today. What up? And we're going to break down this last uh, Lions game that was truly uh, all over the place, especially when we got to the fourth quarter. But what was that, UJ? Go ahead. I was going to say 15-0-1 is still not too bad. In no. The, in the end. I mean, I can, de- I can deal with it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just want to get your guys' quick reaction uh, reactions to this game uh, because the Lions pretty much controlled this game for three quarters, and then um, some- something happened in the fourth quarter. Snacks Harrison was quoted that uh, the, the Cardinals pretty much kicked his ass all day. Kyler Murray came out with a quote that said uh, they just that we just looked tired in the fourth quarter. I, I, let's react to that quote. Were the Lions tired in the fourth quarter in this game? I thought the coaching energy was tired. I didn't think the players yeah. looked tired. I felt like our game plan got tired. Can can you expound on that? Yeah, I mean it looked like we went super conservative in the sec- in the fourth quarter trying to. You yeah. know, prevent the loss instead of sealing the win, you know. I, yeah. Yeah, it's too easy to score points in the NFL these days. 
you give a team uh, some room to work, and they're going to, you know, I don't care who it is, a rookie or a veteran, they're going to move the ball in the NFL. So, I mean, you see points get scored so quick nowadays. You can't – a two-score lead is not enough, man. <laughs> You got to keep the foot on the gas pedal and keep going. Baby. Three score lead. Oh, yeah. We were up eighteen going yeah. into the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but still, yeah, yeah. Three scores. I mean, you got to keep the foot on the pedal and just keep going, man. And the prevent. They keep saying it's all cliche, you know, the prevent prevents you from winning. But man, when are these coaches going to learn this? You know, jeez. Um, I, I, I didn't. I didn't feel safe just having been a Lions fan all my life. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Uh, I mean, do you guys see this as a loss because we were up by 18? I mean, you kind of well, have to, right? No. I mean, well, against loss. Well, I mean, we're come on. We were up against 18 against one of the worst teams in the NFL. I think with the standard where you should hold ourselves to, this should be considered as much of a loss as anything. Not not knocking the team, but I mean, I, I hope we just use this to, as a really motivated uh, going forward here. Oh, that, that's the quotes yeah. coming out of the locker room for this game, Ellie. So I mean, that's a positive sign. I have a groundbreaking yeah. feeling about this. I consider it a tie. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not literally a tie. <laughs> I don't see how we could consider this a loss. We didn't lose. Yeah, that's I'm just silly. quoting the Lions players. The Lions players themselves said they, it feels like a loss. Well, well I mean, that's how the feeling of it. That's how they should feel. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if the score's the same, it's not a law. What? Uh, anyway, I don't know. Hey, you know it, to me, to me, it all depends on how they react to it. Um, obviously, there were mistakes made by the players and coaches. Both, uh, I probably pin it more on the coaches a little bit on this in this game. But uh, the, the thing is, will they learn from their mistakes and get better as they go? If they can do that and improve on things. I think Patricia has the ability to learn, unlike some previous coaches we've had. So hopefully he does, and then uh, we we just improve from here. That's all. That's all I can hope for right now. It, it was devastating tie, though, as a fan watching it. <laughs> yeah, and all, yeah. I mean, all the things coming. I'm just, you know, this is our quick dumbass media segment, and I'm just all the quotes coming out of it saying like the Lions needed to win this game, oh. especially with their upcoming schedule against the Chargers and the Eagles. Um, blah, 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 blah. And the and the Kansas City Chiefs saying if they didn't win this game they had no chance this season and they're well, we can be I, they're already writing the Lions off I yeah. feel yeah they wrote them off before the season that's anyway. true yeah we I mean we yeah. said as much on this Don't podcast dang it I there's nothing like the media's pen to end the season right you <laughs> yeah know? right they, de- they determine the outcome everyone knows that so I guess we're screwed yeah I'm still feeling good against the Chargers, and all of us will be there in attendance at the game, which is a big yeah. boost, I think. Oh yeah, that's what team. they need. They need some kool-aid, that little extra kool-aid. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be there to provide it on the sidelines, maybe not the sidelines, but we'll be there. <laughs> well, the kool-aid is provided by the uh the Fort field staff and crew. that is true. They do a good job <laughs> yeah um so i want I want to shift it a little bit just now your reaction to this new look offense that we have uh at least in this first game when i and uh the hiring of darren bevel with that hiring a lot of people are expecting a lot of uh under center a lot of zone reads a lot of play action we got a ton of shotgun in this game um stafford taking a lot of snaps on the shotgun carry johnson had 16 carries in this game but they felt very spread out oh yeah he Um, only averaged 3.1 yards 16 for 48 um, yeah. I, I just want to get your guys' reaction. Do you guys like what you saw from the offense in this game? I like or did you it, like what you saw we, for three quarters? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was about to say. 
I liked it until they started forcing the run in the fourth quarter when the passing was clearly really successful. I thought they should have stuck with that and put the dagger in them, but I thought the play calling got extremely conservative, especially in the fourth quarter when we could have put that game away. But overall, I liked what I saw as a, from a potential of the offense. Yeah, the run game didn't get going like we wanted it to, but I felt like the offense just felt like it was actually effective. Like, you know, like we didn't just get like a, a little play here and a little play there. Like, we actually put together some really nice drives, and I feel like we haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, Stafford's got some weapons, man. Uh, I mean, the receivers didn't do a bad job. Hawkins is a beast. Oh, my ah. God. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, some games the run game will be there. Some games it won't. It wasn't there. But uh, Stafford had plenty of uh, firepower for our team. You know, but we just didn't. We took it out of his hands in the fourth quarter, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm very happy with this uh, initial um, look at this offense. I, I love having, the, having tight ends now that we can rely on which we were sorely lacking before. And the run game wasn't great yesterday, but it, it did. Even uh, CJ had a couple good runs. And uh, yeah. I, I just couple. think what Jim Bob Cooter could have done with that. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, had, get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, my God. God but, but I loved seeing it. Hey, Bob, so, Jim Bob Cooter came back in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have. <laughs> no. But, uh, no, the... <laughs> He looked good, though. It was fun to see Stafford uh, looking like the old Stafford. He looked great. He was throwing the swing the ball deep. Yep. He was running Absolutely. when he needed to. He, he's fired up. So it's just too bad His Hawkinson touchdown was a thing yeah. of beauty. Yes. Coach yeah. trusted him, we would have won the game. Yeah, Stafford. we'll get to that a little bit later here. He had the top uh, yards per carry on the team. <laughs> yeah, uh, so <laughs> some of the stats to break down from this game. Stafford, 27 to 45, 385. Three touchdowns, no picks, uh, with a Q- QB rating of 110. Uh, Carry on Johnson, 16 for 49. CJ Anderson, 11 for 35. Stafford, 3 for 22, including a nice RPO play, uh, which we've never seen before out of Stafford, a run pass option with him. T- yeah. Zone read, little zone read. I like it. Uh, no one expected that one. No. So, two new players on the Lions offense stood out most in this game. TJ Hawkinson, six catches. For 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, rookie date record for a tight end that he beat the record from 1960. That's awesome. Letty Pimpkins, I believe, was the name of the tight end uh, from 1960. We all know Letty. <laughs> so, yeah. But now, but now TJ Hawkinson in the record books. Uh, just incredible. It's, uh, Danny, Amid- Danny Amendola, seven catches for 104. He was targeted 13 times in this game, by the way. Wow. Uh, but my one reaction to Danny Amendola, get out of bounds, man. You're what? right there. Holy what cow. The hell? I didn't get that. He's a veteran, man. He should have known better. Uh, I know he he didn't even gain yards cutting inside. I don't either. care if you're a veteran or a rookie. Just common sense. Get out of bounds. I know. It's brutal. Jesus. That was killer at that, that time. Holy cow. Bro, Unbelievable. Man. I mean... There was no, there was two guys there. Like, what, what is he gonna do? Just to go right. The annoying thing is he like looked like he looked out of bounds. Like I should do that, and then he's like, oh, there's some yards I could get, and then he got like one yard before getting hit. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. when there was 30 seconds left and no timeouts. <sighs> oh my goodness. Oh my. Oh, he uh, made us burn yeah, our yeah. timeout, didn't he? 
We had the one. That's yeah, we had one time. That's right. That's right. Which could have come in burn. big if we could have hit the deep middle or something at the next. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, it took out the middle of the field. Uh, Marvin Jones had four catches for 56 yards. Uh, he, he caught all the targets towards them, especially a nice catch there in uh, overtime. Unfortunately, we cannot capitalize. Yeah, that was a huge catch there. In tight coverage, yeah, that mm-hmm. was nice. Kenny Galladay, four for 42 uh, and a touchdown. And then J.D. McKissick, two for 24. Should have been three for about 50, <laughs> which we'll yeah. touch on in a moment. Uh, uh, Jesse James caught his only pass on a nice third down conversion for 15 yards. Uh, Stafford fumbled twice. So that, that was another thing. Uh, there are two critical turnovers in this game. One, the early one by Agnew. I think that was the was worst. Was a killer. Because the Lions are up 17-0. They have all the momentum, and he fumbles the ball and gives gives the Cardinals a little bit of life by letting them score. Our defense held up, but man. Uh, Agnew had problems in the preseason as well. And actually, historically, he's had a lot of problems catching the ball. Yeah. I would not expect him to be returning in the next game. No. He averaged a negative two yards on his five punt returns. Gosh. Well, the one where he, he juked the guy out and then juked right back <laughs> yeah, in front of him. Yeah. Like, what the hell yeah. was that? He wasn't that good on the kick return either. He was constantly getting stuffed before what felt like the 20-yard line. I think he was averaging about yeah. 16. Um, a couple additional stats I want to mention on the defensive side of the ball. Tracy Walker, nine tackles. He was all over the field in this game. Um, unfortunately, on the bad end of some... Uh, Coverage on Larry Fitzgerald towards the end. Christian Jones, one sack. Devin Kennard, three sacks, leading the NFL right yeah. now. Wow. Awesome day for him. And Jelani Tavai with a nice sack as well. You forgot Walker's interception, too, but I'm getting to it. Yeah. Easy, man. Easy. Easy. I'm feisty. I'm and ready a Tracy to go. Walker interception to go along with it. Um, yeah. And uh, how about that Jalen Reeves Maven, too? He looked good. Yeah, he had a couple really, teams. yeah, especially on special teams. He had two nice special teams uh, tackles, and then four other ones as well. And then he I had sh- one un- unfortunate coverage on David Johnson there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah when he fell, <laughs> he tripped and fell. Yep, that, uh, they happened to two of our guys anyway. But it still, it was not good. No. Yeah, but um, it's just fun, fun watching those big hits though that he lays on people. Yeah. Oh, it's great! He's it's phenomenal. For sure. Um, Matt Prater made two field goals, and he's Mr. Automatic, 55-yarder and a 33-yarder, I believe. Uh, and then Sam Martin actually looked really good in this game. He had, did have a punt blocked, but, I mean, this is like the Sam Martin we saw from like two, three years ago. Yeah, he was killing it. Yeah, he had a great job. Yeah. Um, getting it inside the 10 twice on the day. So those are some of the stats. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot to react to here. This is the, you know, the I new look island. I enraged punter, too, like when – uh, Martin got his punt blocked. He's just going up the field, throws his helmet. He's yeah. Enraged. That was awesome. <laughs> Love to see that. Oh, oh yeah. Losing their minds. It's great. <laughs> so, I, let, I, let's just talk about TJ Hawkinson here. Is he the lead receiver on this team right now? Like, I know for this no. game he was the lead receiver, but... I mean, is he the is he Stafford's favorite target going forward? I, I, you got to think Kenny Galladay is still the top target on this team. I think Hawkinson's going to be a Man, nice supplement. There, but there was just a couple know. plays in this game where Galladay I thought was going to make the play, and he, you know, he, he just didn't make it. He, yeah. you know, he, I know there was decent coverage on him, but last year he made a couple of those plays. I mean, this is one game, yeah. very very small. You got to think about his whole sample size versus. But Hawkins. there was a, a there one in the the one in the end zone that he uh, got ripped out of his hands. Yeah, was a uh, oh, yeah, you know. Was, yeah. 
I'm that's, just that's nervous. kind of what they expect yeah. him to do. I'm nervous to put a rookie tight end as our top receiver right now. The thing is, he I look like a rookie though. I can see <laughs> I it honestly, like especially because he's going to have a sort of an advantage on the receivers because no one's ever going to know what he's doing. Is he staying to block? What's he? You know, he has all these different things, and he's so good at getting separation and finding space. I, it would not surprise me if he led the team with yards this year. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with Connor too. I think uh, it's gonna be Hawk and uh, Amendola are gonna be the main targets. Amendola. Well, I mean, yeah, Amendola was targeted 30, 13 <laughs> times in this game. I could see I that. Mean, I know, I know, but I, I think Galladay will have a great season. I think he'll make a lot of good catches, but I don't think he's gonna be the main guy. I just he's got to be our weapon. The top two guys from the game, and they're automatically gonna be the guys. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what we're going with game, now with a I mean, terrible Cardinals secondary. Hey, uh, Kenny Galladay couldn't exploit him enough. I mean, yeah, I was expecting a little more out of Galladay. I that think, Byron Murphy. I'm not saying he played a, a great game, back. but you got to think about his whole sample size versus Amendola. And I'm sorry, it's outrageous well, to say Amendola will be above Galladay this year. Amendola, I, don't, I, I don't know about that. Had a good game, but but he also had a a, a drop that he should have easily had, and he yeah. had a boneheaded. Oh god, yeah. Sideline. Oh, no doubt about it. But if you're just talking about going forward, who's going to be? I don't know. I just think Hawk will probably be a bigger target than uh, maybe in total yards that Galladay will get more because he's a downfield receiver and then, you know he'll make some big catches and stuff. But I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think this is a weapon Stafford hasn't had before, and uh, I think he's enjoying the hell out of it. That's the oh, thing. Yeah. I, I yeah, think he's definitely enjoying it. I think Hawk and uh, Amendola are going to be like sort of like volume guys. I think they're going to be the kind of guys who just are, you know, they're they're not going to be the primary options, but they're going to reap the benefits of being the secondary guy that can find some, you know, get forgotten. And that's where, I mean, Galladay's going to help that if he can be, the more effective he is, the more he'll help them. But I'm, I'm not saying Galladay won't beat him, but I it would not surprise me if Hawkinson end, or Amendola ended the season as a top receiver in yards. Yeah, and well, I'm not, I'm so not far, a, uh, Hawkinson picks. Uh, Amendola's got the most targets. Get 13 targets in this game. Yeah, he won't get the most yards. Amendola, no way he'll get the most yards. But he may get <laughs> yeah. be up there and catches. You know, it could have been circumstantial. Um, but I was just throwing out the question more. You know, it's it's just an interesting wrinkle. But another yeah. thing I want to bring up, and that I want to talk about the offensive line in this game a little bit. Ugh. So I mean, the main let's let's talk about the main uh, focus uh, of the offensive line because he stuck stood out like a sore thumb in this game. Not good. He allowed two sacks, seven total pressures, and committed four penalties. Yeah. Yikes. I'm talking about Decker. Taylor Decker, who's in a contract year. Brutal. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not earning that new contract quite yet, I don't think. No. After this no. game. Holy he's, cow. He's yeah. putting all the leverage on the line. Yeah, he had a really bad game, but I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Well, I'm not oh, ready not to either. give up. He'll turn it around. But uh, he's, 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 he's got to step it up. This is the worst game of his career by far. Yeah. It was a nice move yeah. not extending him before the season, I think, because now it really puts that light under his ass to get going. Yeah, I agree with you there. He, he needs to step up and prove it. And uh, yeah, I think they were smart holding off for sure. But uh, oh, that was a rough one. Yeah. yeah. He, um, and he's only going to face better DNs. I mean, Terrell Suggs is, I think, 40 years old or 39. He's, re- <laughs> I mean, he's been he's around ancient. forever, and he's still oh. doing his thing. Um, but I think there's good, a reason but... he was cut from the Ra- Ravens. Actually, uh, Rick Wagner did a really good job in this game. This is one of his better games by far. Hmm. Um, Joel Dahl and Graham Glasgow each played 86%. Uh, 
Kenny Wiggins rotated in there for 24 plays yeah. in this game between those two. I thought like at first it was Dahl messing up, but I guess they were just had a plan to rotate Wiggins, Wiggins through the guards. Yeah, I don't Patricia know. said to keep him fresh. Uh, I'm not sure about that quote. <laughs> that, that's what I'm he said. Sure that's, this is what he said. So. Why does he pull Glasgow, though? I don't understand that at all. I don't really understand the rotation thing at that. all either. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think they're still understand it out. It. I think with D-line it makes more sense, but not with O-line. I like that Kenny Galladay played 98% of the snaps in this game. You don't see that too much out of wide receivers. No. No. Um, no but, but, like, uh, Glasgow, that guy should be in every play. I'm sorry, but and plus it's a pride thing with him. That guy's played every down since he's been with the Lions, you know. I mean, and why are you going to rotate Wiggins in with him? That just seems silly to me. Oh, I get it, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like that. No, I... I mean, I, I, I like keeping the same five out there because just communication and everything of, of that nature that goes with it. Um, the more you play with those guys out there together, the better you know, the cohesion becomes. Right, and it's not like a D-line where you just need to keep everyone super fresh because they're firing into a backfield every play you know, as hard as they can. It's just a different, it's a different game on the offensive side of the line, and usually you... you Get, yeah, you get best results from consistency, and getting a guy, you know, taking guys out every other series is not going to help them establish that. And talking about establishing things, <laughs> I want to tra- uh, transition to the big play of the game that um, seemingly sealed up until it wasn't anymore. And I'm talking about establishing trust between Patricia and Stafford Uh-oh. and Bevel. So the third down play, just in case you. <laughs> Don't recall, it was third and five, uh, I think 2.30 left. The Cardinals had no timeouts or maybe one timeout left in the game. And the Lions had a big play. It, J.D. McKissick sweeping over to the right side, wide open in the flat for at least 25 yards. At he might have gone for a touchdown at the very least, or at the most. Um, but instead, the ref called a timeout. Apparently, uh, Patricia had called a timeout. It w- it was Bevel. Well, Bevel it. called it, but yeah, Patricia's but the only one it. that yeah. can call it uh, legally. True. Well, I, I can understand that though. That, that but, but I still, you guys still put that on Bevel though, because if your offensive coordinator asks for it, you're not going to say no if he doesn't yeah. like the play or something. There's not much time to question the decision. You yeah. either call the timeout yeah. or you don't. And then uh, if you haven't seen it, there's video of Stafford saying, "Trust me, you got you got to trust me." Something along those lines on the sideline, clearly frustrated because he had yeah. the perfect play call in. Yeah. And they call timeout. I know people have complained yeah. that they don't think Stafford has the fire, but you could see him on that sideline. There is definitely yeah. fire there. And I think that was fire that we were missing a little bit last year, actually, out of him. I so I like, to, I like to see that, at least. You know? No, yeah, for sure. So do you, do you think Bevel just didn't like his audible, or, or do you think the clock was running down and they thought he wasn't going to snap it in time? The, the latter, for sure. That, 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 I don't know. There's no other reason thing? for it. Hmm? You thought it was just a time thing? Yeah, exactly. He, oh. ca- he called it with two seconds left on the clock. You don't think it's because he didn't like the look of the defense? No, from what he I said, don't. It, was, it was the clock. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what they said in their, uh, you know. Comments. So then this is all just some big conspiracy theory, man? Like like Stafford <laughs> yelling, trust me, had something to do with something else? Yeah, but how long have you been watching Stafford? He calls the snap. As it's, as it's turning to zero, that, 80% that's all time. NFL quarterbacks. If you yeah, watch any NFL time. game, it always so goes that. down. Usually, it goes to yeah. zero, and they they let it go. But that I'm, doesn't I'm make not sure sense, actually how then. that rule works. <laughs> that doesn't really track with me then, because if Bevel 
is calling that timeout. That means he called Patricia. it like went over to Patricia doing this with more than two seconds because then Patricia had to make the actual call to the refs. I mean, I don't see why he would do that with enough time for Stafford to get the ball off if it was really about the clock. That's not the, well. That's not trusting Stafford, I guess. In that aspect, they didn't trust him to snap the ball in time. Yeah, and if, yeah. And Stafford can and call a timeout if he like wants. Right. Call, then he didn't trust Stafford. If Bevel didn't like his, uh, you know, saw his audible. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm buying the company line, but I, I, as long as they figure it out, I don't think it's that big a deal. I doubt yeah. it happens again. Um, if the same yeah. situation arises. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I think part of the uh, growing pains of the Lions is uh, Matt Patricia. Is uh, obviously the guys are ready to play this year, unlike last year. Right. Yeah. But, uh, well, the good in-game management. Some of the things like like this timeout was stupid. Blew the game right there. And then there was another thing where he had um, where they had a penalty for the Cardinals, and it would have made it fourth and one. It was in Lions territory, and he took the penalty, and then it was. So it was third and fourteen or whatever, and then uh, they completed a long play, and then yeah, scoring on that try. I'm actually I mean, I'm fine with that. Actually, I'm fine with that decision personally. Wow, because uh, I, I I think they were in field goal range at that point, so I'm fine with well, taking I that penalty. I don't think they were. Oh, they weren't. No, I thought they were deep back. Oh, I don't me? have the. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to recall the uh, the play, but um. Regardless, I, I mean, it's it's this timeout. By the way, is ultimately on Patricia because he ultimately hired Bevel. So, well, I mean, it's it's ultimately yeah, on him. Yeah. And he you literally called the timeout. Way. Yeah, and he's but the one that ultimately calls timeout. This comes down to trust too, and you know maybe that's something they're still working on too, learning to trust each other. You know, I mean, this is yeah. Bevel's first game with Stafford, and you know, I know they practice all season, but you know, it, it's game time now. You know, they got to learn to trust each other. Yeah. As and, long as they learn and adapt, it'll be fine. We're going to be good. And Bob talked about the growing pains that the Lions need to go through. Well, they've gone through it for 60 years, so they have a lot <laughs> of growing pains that they fought through. So I expect nothing season, but though. Super Bowl excellence out of this team. If only we actually grew every time. <laughs> well, We're growing this time. This is, yeah. uh, the Lions have... Patricia's boys, because 40% of the roster is new this year. Yeah, yes. So this, that's right. That's fair. So, that, yes, that's yeah. a good point. Um, let, let's let's go back to the defensive side of the ball. I feel like we haven't touched on that um enough in this uh, or we haven't reacted enough to it yet. T- T- Tracy Walker was the highest rated player in this game. He was all over the field. I granted he got beat a couple times by a Hall of Fame wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, who's yeah. like ageless. Yeah. And hats off to Larry Fitzgerald. That he still got it. He's it's unbelievable. Stud. He is unbelievable. Um. Tracy Walker was my pick, by the way, for uh, the both the surprise player and the MVP this year on defense. So, wow, just pointing that out. Going. Although I think Kennard's got him beat a little bit right now. Yeah, those three sacks were nice. <laughs> um, but yes, Tracy Walker, beautiful pick on, on the sideline, and really the Lions early on. And I was kind of frustrated by this in the fourth quarter. Is they the defensive line was getting their hands up and batting balls? I feel like they Snacks got away from two. that. Uh, yeah. In the fourth quarter, I didn't understand because a lot of those balls, you know, he's so short. He's you just got to get your hands up. I didn't see a lot of hands getting up. Um, definitely tired on the game winning or game tying touchdown to make it twenty four twenty two. The the Lions, uh, I believe it was Mike Daniels. It could have been Kevin Strong. I haven't gone back and watched the film yet on it, but 
we had a one-on-one with a defensive tackle, and he just he just stood there. He was dead tired. So I I uh, kind of agree with Kyler Murray's comment a little bit that the Lions' tire, defense did look a little tired in the fourth quarter because yeah. that just can't happen. You can't have a D tackle out there just standing there. No. But there was a lot of good things on uh, that we saw this defense. I think Aquara made some good plays. the The run game was generally stifled. Uh, there was a few big runs. They gave up. They gave up over 110 yards rushing, about, but no, nothing egregious. No, I mean the. I mean, as far as the pass rush, there was obviously some really good pass rush plays, but I also felt like it was not very consistent. I felt like there was a lot of times where we weren't getting any pressure. Where no. yeah. Murray had plenty of time, especially in the fourth quarter, we didn't even come close to him most of those drives. I wonder if part of that is because they were trying to stay strictly in like their lanes. You know, and trying to contain him because they did. You notice that every time he tried to break the pocket to scramble for a, to find a play, they were all over him. And he yes. we, he gave us a couple sacks with his rookie. You know, not getting rid of the ball, but uh, yeah. they contained him really well. Other than like a few designed run plays, you know who had a really good game also is uh, Rashawn Melvin in this game. He had a really good game. He's- Melvin Ingram is awesome. He did. We're playing Melvin Ingram yeah. this week on the Chargers. That's going to be really confusing for me. But Rashawn Melvin, uh, he played really good. He's battling through a knee injury, but he played really well in this game. He did. Uh, he was he was the highest rated uh, DB besides Tracy Walker. And there's Melvin Gordon. Oh God, I'm. Well, he's not even yeah, playing. He's not even playing. Oh, thank right. God. Basically, two Melvins is enough. Throw to him at all. Yeah, for one play. yeah, and and then on the last drive, actually, of the game, they decided to put Slay on Fitzgerald. Finally, a little too late, I yeah. think, in that adjustment by the Lions. Yeah, uh, um, because the Lions, they tried the throwing Lions to him. Supposed to be our, our uh, best thing, you know, like they were launching our line. It's supposed to be awesome. Didn't really see it this game, and they they kind of got beat up a little bit. No, and, and Trey, Trey Flowers was nowhere to be seen. Yes, it, that's what I wanted to get to next. Non- uh, yeah. He played 60% of the snaps in this game, and I, I don't even recall seeing him out there 60% of the time. Oh, wow. quite no, honest. he didn't. I How many tackles did he have? <laughs> so we, we got, I mean, he's our most expensive player on the defense. He's got to step it up going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, it would have been nice if he could have practiced at all. Leading up to this, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's I mean, it's preseason for him right now, right? Right, he's in, he's so. weeks behind everybody else. I know he's a stud, yeah. but you don't just get that magically. You don't get your season legs out of nowhere. You got to earn them, and uh, they seem to keep him on a pitch count. So I mean, they that was obviously warranted due to his lack of. And if you want to talk about other players on a pitch count, uh, Mike Daniels and Snacks. Mike Daniels played thirty-one snaps, thirty-five percent of the snaps. Snacks only played thirty percent of the snaps. He played twenty seven. I think he's like he's more of a specialist, honestly, on this defense. He's that Mike first. Daniels? No, no, Snacks. Oh. Snacks should I be in more than thirty percent of snaps. He's not, yeah, he's an early down guy. He's uh he's primarily there to to eat up the run lanes. I don't think you necessarily want him out there on third and downs or third and long. Maybe not, like but you want him on more than thirty percent, I would think. Yeah, and I was surprised. Blocked. I was surprised to see him out there only thirty percent of the time. Really Kevin productive. Strong and Ashawn Robinson uh, also rotated there as well. Really productive yeah, for that many snaps and got two block passes. Yeah, but they're running no huddle a lot, you know. And uh, I guess the other teams trying to do that against us too to try to keep the big guys from running in and out all the time, and you know, substituting. So that could have been part of it. Wait, how much did yeah. Ashawn have? How many? Snaps with him and uh, he played thirty nine snaps, so forty four percent. 
And so, Kevin Strong played way, 23. I, no one played an overwhelming number then. No, but Ashawn easily the most of all. Yeah. I thought he was a yeah. beast, by the way. Hey, Sean, yeah. I mean, he turns, you know, in the preseason, I mean, he kind of looks like he's just standing there. And in, in, in the regular season, he turns it on when it's money time. I think he was saving yeah. it, saving energy. Yeah. I think we did miss Deshaun Hand in this game, though, uh, for sure. Yeah, we need to get him back. We need we need a helping hand on that line. Well, yeah. Talking about missing uh, someone. Hey! Hey! hey oh. But <laughs> talking about missing someone, though, I think. What we really saw is how much we missed Jared Davis because I think he was the missing piece to our pass rush, honestly. Agreed. I think, I think that's a large reason why we weren't so effective on the pass rush. In the fourth quarter, you mean? No, the whole game. I mean, we had Especially good, the fourth quarter. Sacks. We had five sacks, but they came they came kind of like spread out, and they weren't always – we weren't getting pressure in between the sacks, I felt like. If, we just talked about how Murray had a lot of time on a lot of plays, and – I think that Jared Davis would is that kind of guy because we don't have any really like speed rushers, like even Trey Flowers, even Okwara. None of our edge guys. The closest thing we have is Kennard, and he's not exactly a like a speedster off the edge. We don't have any good speed rushers except for Jared Davis, really. So I mean, I think he'll be a big addition to get back, or right, is that addition or return, whatever. Him coming back, I think, will be huge. So, just yeah. to let you know, Rudd Dog, 9 for 26 for 70 yards, no touchdowns and one interception um, was Kyler Murray's stats through the first three quarters. And he ended up with over 300 yards. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. So, I, I, I'm so I'm just saying, I, I think we did a really good job for three quarters in terms of pressure. It's just that fourth quarter, I'm, I mean, people just, well, their legs gave out or I something. I felt like a lot of our sacks came on coverage sacks, though, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not willing to see concede that point yet there, Big Z. Uh, but I mean that that kind of tells a story in itself. Uh, those stats by Kyler Murray and then the fact that he ended up with 308 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, maybe we did get tired. Um, yeah, man, I don't know if that's overly. Yeah. We dominated this game for three quarters. We did. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean, but we we are undefeated. Patricia, so. I still think Patricia is kind of the go to this game though, because he's the defensive guru. You know, come up with a, an adjustment for the fourth quarter. He didn't didn't see him up with anything. Well, my uh, he he was too late to make the adjustment to put Slay on Fitzgerald. That that should have happened way earlier. That probably should happen yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> that should happen way, and they they were killing him on pick plays as well. Uh, you know, the crossing route by two receivers on one side of the field. It killed him yeah. on a touchdown. Killed him on two point conversion. I mean, th th those are easy. I felt easy like we touchdowns. needed some yeah. like inspired like blitz packages called up because I felt like we weren't blitzing as much in the last at the end of the game. We were trying to cover every receiver and let four guys get to the quarterback, which rarely works well. But uh, in terms of easy touchdowns, I do want to give a shout out to Bevel because he did scheme a couple times wide open receivers, which oh, we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. a while. Nice. <laughs> Have we seen that in my lifetime? I don't recall. Hey, yeah. Maybe like once or twice, you know, the blind squirrel and the nut and all that. But Amendola yeah, was in the same game. Amendola was wide open and Kenny Galladay walked in the end zone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't recall the last like wide open guy like Amendola was especially. I mean, yeah, maybe we had like one or two throughout that time, but... I, or throughout you know my lifetime anyway, but we like every once in a while, but we didn't have them that many times in the same game. But uh, 
if he if anybody had any doubts about Stafford's ability, I mean, he just looked ter- terrific in no this game. There. Yeah, he did. I mean, all the all the haters, I mean, unbelievable. He was, he was almost the ultimate goat by almost throwing that interception. <laughs> well, oh that was God. something else. I don't know what he was doing on that play. I don't either. Frustration. Knowing that the one thing you can't do is, is throw that. <laughs> he can be Brett Favre sometimes, where he just tries to force it in there, and occasionally it burns yeah. him. But I thought overall he looked yeah. pretty amazing. I oh, still have Bears like, fans at my office telling me that Stafford played bad. I'm like, what? You're like a Trubisky. Like, how can you possibly say yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah. It's outrageous. Stafford but. was awesome. He, he, he controlled our offense. Projecting much? Uh, oh, yeah. And, oh, boy. Well, Connor, you were saying in the in the text that you thought they should have had Stafford throwing more in the fourth quarter because they Agreed. went away from... Well, well, in the fourth quarter, they were really upping the runs on the early downs, and it was burning the Lions because they had a lot more third and longs versus those third and short situations mm-hmm. where I think Stafford would have really excelled. If the if the throwing's working, like why go away from it in the fourth quarter when you could put the game away with one more score? Or if you just don't call a timeout. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking more generally, but yes. No, you're, I agree with you. Oh, yeah, boy. It's playing chicken. you got to play to win. You can't play to stuff at the end. Agreed. Drives me nuts. I mean, look what Baltimore did. Look what the Chiefs did. Look what these teams just put the get the pedal to the metal and they, they keep scoring. Yeah. And they don't they don't hold back, you know. Yeah, and it looks league, like this offense has a chance to do that. I know. That we have now. Yes, I agree, That's especially with our receiving core. Well, we have a really deep receiving core. It's under it's underrated at least, you know, like everything else the lines nationally. It's very underrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess tying games doesn't exactly help that rating, but <laughs> hey, no. they'll be uh, eating their words when we win that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. So I, w- I just want to go around the division here and just highlight what happened in the rest of the division. So the Lions are in third place in the division. They are not last. That goes to the Bears. Uh, they were tr- – actually, the whole first game of the season between the Packers and Bears was um, dreadful to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was boring. <laughs> um, extremely boring. The final was ten to three. Green Bay winning ten to three. Mitch Trubisky was as bad as I've advertised for a long time on this podcast. <laughs> it might have been one of the worst games of his career. <laughs> Making you an honest man. Hey, Mitch, 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 are you are you on the are you on the podcast right now? Uh, I was listening to, to, to you guys. What happened to you out there, man? Uh, my receivers. Well. No, it was me. I had a bad day. <laughs> well, that's all right. You know, uh, we we appreciate you. Uh, Have you ever had a good day there, Mitch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, there you have it. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, we always appreciate you coming Real on. Real valedictorian. Yeah, that you guy. really had a lot to the conversation. <laughs> the one thing I liked about that Bears game, though, was seeing Jay Cutler on the sideline. It was kind of fun. <laughs> I <laughs> love Jay Cutler. He's honestly one of my favorite bears. Smoking Jay. He got a yeah, bad did, rap, I did thought. Did you see that meme where they're pulling the mask off? And it's Trubisky's. They're pulling his, like, it's a Trubisky mask off the player. It's, it's, uh, uh, Jay Cutler? Uh, Cutler. Underneath it, it's Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did not uh, see that. I did not see that. That was pretty funny. Um, what do you do? You guys think it's a fair comparison, Stafford and Color? Because I hear that comparison no. a lot. No, no not at all. Mm-mm. No. 
Don't even bring that up. I mean, <laughs> no. you know, it bring, it's brought up in conversation a lot with me. Color so. had one of the stronger arms. That's all I can I think, think of. People say that. Stop it. I think Stafford, like, just attitude alone, Stafford is not even close to no. the same guy as no. Color. <laughs> no, no, Maybe no. Color had that cannon arm and you could compare him that way, but honestly, beyond that, I don't really see many comparisons at all. They're both white. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, you know, get the opinions out there of us. I agree. I agree. Um, Stafford way yeah, better than Hold on a second. A player. Wait. Although I would say Color did, was pretty tough, though. I mean, because we used to knock him around, and he would beat us, and it was really frustrating. NFC but, Championship <laughs> game? Where he sat out with a hurt little knee? Wait a second, though. He was hurt. I, I, I defend him on that. I, I'm like, <laughs> not one. Yeah, Bears fans like to grill him on that, Bears too. fans do not, yeah. And then they call for Caleb Haley to, Haney to start next season. He's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had enough of the Bears on this podcast myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other result yeah. in the division and the team I'm most uh, concerned about as, as a biggest threat to the Lions is the Minnesota Vikings. They looked. They dominated the Atlanta Falcons 28-12. to 12. It was 28 nothing until late in the fourth quarter here in this game. So, yeah. yeah. The Minnesota and Green Bay, they play each other this week. Uh, the Bears go to Denver. And the Lions are going to be hosting the Chargers, who just came yeah. off a victory. And we'll get uh, we'll An talk about the Chargers victory. a little bit in uh, our preview later in the week. But, yeah, an overtime victory for them. So, I mean, nothing's easy for them. Uh, but, I mean, you guys are we're, – we're still confident. I mean, this is, you know, the Lions, undefeated, like we oh, said. Yeah. Undefeated, baby. Nothing to oh, worry yeah. about. So – Too late is flowing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's flowing, baby. It's flowing. So I mean, there's, there's a lot to like because the new addition of Hawkinson, Amendola, they all chipped in, Kavai chipping in. So you know, looks good. Looks good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just need that ninety million dollar man to chip in next. Yeah. Right. Yes, Trey Flowers. Come on, baby. We believe in you. We believe in you, Trey. He's need to get. I'm sure he'll get up to likes. speed. I'm not that worried. I about think. Him. To, I think his season is about to go into full bloom. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, oh. Oh, come on, come Boo. on. Oh, man. All right. All right time all right. to hang it up there. Well, Let's it's see. time to wrap up this podcast by we're going to go around to each person and we're going to give a final word about this game. Each one of us is going to go around. We're going to give a, a quick little just final take about this game um, to wrap up this podcast. So, Bob, I want to start with you. What is your final word, your last word about the Lions and Cardinals this 27 all tie? Lions Cardinals. Well, for one thing, I hope we don't play those guys again because I'm sick of seeing them on the <laughs> schedule. But uh, we should have won the game. We didn't. It was very uh, frustrating. But I saw a lot of good signs there, especially with our offense. And, uh, well, the defense looked great. They can adjust later in the game. I think there's a lot of good signs for this team going forward. So disappointing outcome, but I'm very positive about the, se- the season going forward. All right. All right. UJ. All right, uh, similar to you, Bob, uh, I was very disappointed with the tie. It felt like a loss at the moment as you're watching it. But I saw a lot of positive things, too. Uh, if this coaching staff, uh, they can learn to trust each other, trust the players a little more. I think, I think you know, they're, they're first time together. I think there's some glitches to be worked out. But it, it's a work in progress. And I think Patricia has shown the ability to adapt and learn unlike some previous coaches we've had. And I see, like you said, so many weapons. Hawkinson, well, he's a, wow, a revelation to this team. Oh, yeah. And, and our receiving core is going to be fantastic. Our defense, I think nothing but positive going forward. 
as they learn to trust each other more, you're going to see this team gel more. We're going to we're going to start beating some good teams. It's we're, it's playoff bound, baby. I'm positive. I feel good. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Rud dog. Well, there's only one word. Undefeated. No, but seriously, yeah. I mean, ties almost feel like they're worse than a loss in some ways. But well, you we, were just defending me saying the tie felt like a loss earlier. I feel like you're changing the script here a bit. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, this is last uh, word. You're not allowed to talk. It's his last word. <laughs> all right. This is this is this is how it works. No, Go, Rod Dog. I said Go, it's man. not technically a loss. Anyway, besides the point, it never feels good to tie. Because it feels like, what was the point of all this? But we saw a lot of great things. Super Bowl, here we come. Let's go. All right, Connor. Trust Stafford. That's really all I can say. You got your multi-million dollar quarterback. Let him do what he's out there to do. All right, now my last word. So we just sat there for four hours for a tie. <laughs> NFL, get your 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 shit together. And let, we, let's come up with something new, please. I mean, this has been uh, asked for a long time by fans. Just go to college rules, do something. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad that the rules have changed where at least both teams get a chance unless they give up a touchdown on the first drive. But, man, it is brutal to sit there and then not have, like, a real result at the end. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. It's a stupid. I'm honestly confused how it like factors into our <laughs> record. Like I don't even under I don't even really understand how a tie factors in. Well, it's a tiebreaker. Yeah, we it's have not the a same loss. record, but not a loss. Yeah. So if I, mean, I it, guess yeah, if we get nine wins, nine six and one, and there's a team nine and seven, we're we're gonna be in. So oh, hell yeah. Uh, that that's where it's, it saves us. I mean, it, it it still hurts not getting the in the win column for this one. But in addition to my uh, last word, I just want. Like UJ was saying, like everybody's saying, just a lot of positives from this game. Uh, hopefully the coaches can go in there. The team can go in there. They correct each other. And there, there's just a lot of positives going forward. The Lions are three-point underdogs this week at home, which is just ridiculous. This is the home opener. The Lions crowd is going to be fired up. Uh, we'll talk about it later this week when we predict uh, the outcome. But that's our last word uh, for this game. Again, the Lions with a tie. But, I mean, just drink the blue Kool-Aid, baby. There's a lot of positives going forward. We're undefeated. Of course. Oh, yeah. So, if you like uh, what you've heard, if you've been listening for a long time, we I mean, we really appreciate it. We're on Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. We're on Twitter at Drinking Lions. Please share this podcast. Please leave a review on Apple. Uh, we're also we're on any, any podcast uh, you know, service out there. Except SoundCloud. We're not on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I don't like SoundCloud. We're not like wannabe rappers, you know. We're <laughs> podcasters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. But thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, drink that blue Kool Aid. No worries. We got this, baby. We got this. So, uh, last oh, yeah. but not least, as always, go. field a charging team that will not yield and when the blue and silver wave stand and cheer the brave rock 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 go hard win the game with honor you will keep your fame down the field and gain a lion's victory go, go.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.